Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to this show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. Well, today we brought on a special guest, none other than Mr. Bevers of the Mr. Bevers YouTube channel, who is very well known for cracking packs on his channel. And we brought on we brought him on to discuss cracking pack channels on youtube as well as magic the gathering content creation as a whole and much 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 more so before we begin uh, let's get a few announcements out of the way a uh, magic zuby can be found on the following on itunes google play stitcher and TuneIn radio and spotify now and you can reach me on twitter at Twitter at Magic with Zuby on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And if you want to help support the show, you can check out the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash Magic with Zuby. And if you want to help uh, support my sponsor as well, uh, we are sponsored by legitmtg.com. Legitmtg is the place to buy your magic singles and sealed product out there. So without further ado, uh, let's welcome Mr. Bevers. All right, so Zuby here, and I am with the awesome Mr. Bevers of the YouTube channel. Uh, Mr. Bevers. Yeah, that's just what it's called, right? Just Mr. Bevers. That's right, man. There you go. So how are you doing this morning in lovely Ontario? I mean, I'm tired, but other than that, I'm doing fairly well. <laughs> how about yourself? You're, doing, um, it's, you're saying it's cold in Florida, but I mean, it's probably yeah. a lot warmer there than it is here, right? Well, yeah, I think this is going to be Florida's last cold snap of the year because... What was it? Yesterday, it was pretty cold. And by cold, I mean in the 40s or 50s. But the day before that, it was in the 90s, like humid as hell. And then it's, you know, we, we like to joke that Florida is bipolar a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Because it yeah. could be, especially during the winter, it could be so hot one day, then freezing the next. Well, our, our winter's been the same here where we are, like I up near Toronto, right? It's, yeah. we've had... I mean, and of course, I, I don't know in Fahrenheit, but in Celsius, like, you know, zero degrees is freezing, right? So, like, yeah. we've had a lot of days that were under zero, but then we've had, you know, multiple days where it was like, you know, 10 degrees or more, right, for the winter. And so, oh, like, wow. it's it's like a spring day or a fall day, right? It's it's very strange. Oh, man. So, you do a lot of pack opening channels or uh, videos here on <laughs> Magic or on YouTube. Uh, what kind of got you started doing that? So it's it's a little bit of everything, right? Um, I, I saw a lot of it online, of course. I was watching it myself. Yeah. Um, but I started collecting probably back in, I don't even want to, like Mercadian masks. Ooh, okay. Right? So like, and like I was opening like a box or two maybe of each of those sets. Um, and... When BFZ was announced and the lottery cards, that hooked me. It hooked Ooh, me hard. Yeah, yeah. Right? It hooked me hard, and I went, okay, I'll buy a case, because why not, right? Like, you're, you're supposed to get one per case, so I'll get a case and see what happens. <laughs> and I opened the case with my buddies on their dining room table, and we just ripped through it, right? Like, just tore through the box as fast as we could. And I ended up with two uh, two of the expedition lands from oh, the I, case. Do you remember like, which ones? Um, I don't remember which ones. I think one was like, uh, I want to say the filter. One was the filter land, the flooded grove. Okay. And, and the other one was, I think a fetch, a windswept heath, maybe oh, something nice. like that. Something like that. I can't remember exactly. I have them all still, but which one it is that I opened first. I don't remember to be honest, <laughs> but, um, 
so that like that hooked me even harder because I got two out of that one box, right, uh, or one case. And so then I was like, you know what? Why am I not filming this and and putting it out there for other people to enjoy? I mean, like I've been enjoying people opening packs forever. Why wouldn't I? Why shouldn't I be doing the same if I'm going to be opening this much product? Um, and that was what like two and a half, maybe three years ago. So at that point, there still wasn't like a plethora of channels out there opening packs. Yeah. Right. I think back then you had like Booster Tutor open boosters and uh, the the aforementioned person that we no longer talk about, right? Oh, yeah, Voldemort. Okay. Uh, she, yeah, <laughs> right? Um, so... I forgot that he did a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically those were like the three channels that at the time I was watching Mm -hmm. uh, just for the pack cracking right nothing else Um, and then I was like well I might as well start and then like uh, I started up and started I think I felt I think my first video ever that I put on YouTube was a box of Modern Masters 2013 uh, that I I had picked up and uh, I got it for pretty cheap compared to what today's prices are oh my gosh Uh, yeah um, but it was it was amazing and it, like it its views I don't even know what happened to it but it's like over it got, it got over like 3000 views and it was my first video and I was like oh I guess people actually want to see this kind of stuff I guess <laughs> I'll continue and uh, and that video kept getting more and it's, I think it's one of my most viewed videos still to this day and it's my first video and so like it's a shitty camera and like yeah. the just the worst I'm sorry am I allowed to swear on this show I didn't I didn't yeah no that's fine that's fine okay okay just making sure I don't want to like overstep things oh no no you're good you're good just it was just like hilarious to me like I was like I guess I gotta keep doing this and so I kept doing it I mean that I and then I started getting into the more collecting and all that kind of stuff like I have boxes and boxes and boxes of bulk and I don't. I don't get rid of any of it. I keep it all. You don't get rid of. Whoa. Okay. You're brave. Because I used to be similar. And was it just last year? I've started the slow purge of getting rid of all my paper. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm keeping my EDH. I'm keeping decks and and my cube and all that. But yep. for the majority of it that I know, is you're probably you're probably just like me. I'll, I'll open up cards and be like, yeah, I'll build a deck out of this one day. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially it. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the other things that I do is, and what I started about a year and a half ago was I actually started up my own shop online. Um, oh, nice. And, and I think that's the other thing. Like, I mean, I don't want to like, you know, promote my Patreon or anything like that, but like, I try to give the cards back to the community, right. Mm-hmm. Is, is one of the things that I prefer. And so like with the bulk and stuff, the reason I've kept it is, is more, I'm just trying to find a good way to get rid of it. Right. Without just, selling it to the people who do repacks on ebay because i don't want to do that yeah that's right? true that's true so so like that's sort of like where i'm at like i i keep it all because i'm like i want to like donate it or get it to people who are actually going to use it for something and um i don't really want to i you know if i could if there was a place that was like oh we'll buy your bulk from you for this and we're going to use it for like the in the lgs to you know get new players in the door and let them play with them for free i would be like all on board for that right even if they didn't want to give me any money for it if they were just like we're just going to take it from you but we're not going to sell it we're just going to give it to new players i'd be like let's do this right um and so i've actually been like donating cards here and there to the folks on twitter right that come up Mm -hmm. and are like hey we're doing a thing with like after school projects and stuff i've been trying to donate cards to all of those things whenever i can nice um to, to basically, you know, 
make sure that they're going to the right places, right? Um, and it's just that's basically where I'm at. So like I have boxes and boxes of bulk, and I I'm still at a point where I haven't found the right thing. You know what I mean? Oh um, man. And the problem is, is that none of those after school programs and stuff are like local to me. So the shipping mm-hmm. is. Just a disaster for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, man, unless I, I can get it in a small envelope that's flat, it's going to yeah. cost me more than like $25 just to ship a small box of cards, right? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Man. So, like, it's it's not ideal, but I mean, what can you do? Um, yeah, it's, I, I know the pains. It, I don't, I could probably do the better thing and donate a lot of my cards, but I'm just. I'm at a point where I don't have time for it, to be honest. It's I just I've got it pretty much all sorted out. I'm ready to get rid of it all. Um, there's a GP coming in April that I'm just gonna whatever I don't sell between today and until the GP in April, I'm just gonna sell it off there to vendors and right um, a, a lot of the rares and mythic rares and whatever other good cards because I just don't yeah. I don't have time to do it anymore. You know, it's yep. It's it takes crazy. a lot of time to yeah. keep it all and organize. Like I, some of my stuff's organized, but not all of it by any means, right? Like if I was trying to organize all of it, it would be a full time job, right? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so you've been doing the YouTube thing for about looks like three years now, yeah. from what I'm doing, and um, you know the, I, I think you and I we were talking in DMs and all that, and just you sort of reached out that. You know, the, your views are getting lower and all that, and um, it's it's also the landscape of content creation for Magic has drastically changed just within the past year. Ever since Arenas officially come out, and that's all right. That, yeah. It's and I, well, I sent out that tweet a couple days ago or last week or whatever it did, just asking. There's so many new content creators that I want to interview. Like I don't know who the who who the heck's who anymore. And that's right. That. Yeah. And then there's so many people out there that aren't even on Twitter that are popular and just I've mm-hmm. never heard of these people before. And yeah, it's crazy for sure. For sure. Like and and it's actually funny because like when you sent that tweet out and I replied to you, I was looking at some of the other replies and I'm like, I don't even know who half these people are <laughs> right that are replying to you. I was like, I I knew some of the names, but not all of them by any means. Yeah, it, it, it used to be. A, I mean, I know I started. Well, I did my I've, this podcast is four years old now, and I know at the time there was still a bunch of people doing content creation and all that stuff for Magic, but right. it, it felt like a smaller niche community and all that. And I'm not. Correct. This isn't the old man complaining at the clouds that you know there's so many <laughs> new people the now. Kids to get off your lawn. Yeah. No, it's it's not so much that. It's just more of I can't keep up with it. Like I can't keep up with who's who anymore. And you know you've got the really big names in magic yeah. but then it's you see all these rising stars and just like i don't know who who where'd you come from yeah <laughs> you know yeah, sure and, and i still find it and i don't i don't mean it's this to sound bad but i still find it so weird that day nine is now doing magic the gathering stuff like 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 officially right? yeah i know it's it's so weird <laughs> to me because yeah. you know i i got i've been into i i'm not too deep into starcraft now but um, right. I'll, I'll watch a lot of the really big tournaments sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I I've been watching professional StarCraft since what 2005, 2006, and all that. And you know, Day Nine, Artosis, and Tasteless, all mm-hmm. super into it. And then you know, when StarCraft Two hit, 
seeing Day9 and all them, and that's how I've known Day9 forever, and I still find it weird that he's into magic. I mean, it's cool, right. it's awesome, but it's like, no, you're StarCraft, man, no. Yeah. <laughs> I did that, all, that all started with him with the, um, it was like the Spell Slingers thing on Geek and yeah. Sundry, right? Yeah. That was sort of like where he kind of got hooked into it, right? Yeah. I mean, like, he may have been involved in it prior to that, but I think Yeah, I think he's been playing of... magic for a long time. Exactly, um, yeah. Just... You know, to me, he's always going to be the StarCraft dude. He, he mm-hmm. He's one interview I'd love to try to snag. And I, I mean, yeah. I'd probably talk more StarCraft to them than actual magic. And you know what? He'd probably be all for that, to be honest. Yeah. No, man. But, um, yeah, no, the landscape's just changed. And something that you were sort of talking about was just, um, you know, is there room for pack cracking channels or pack opening channels? Um, and, you know, I, I guess I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on that and, you know, wh- where you're thinking of about that stuff, too. Cause, I mean, it, it is, it's a lot different now. And Arena is just so wildly popular now. And it mm-hmm. just seems to be the thing for it. Correct. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like the the pack cracking channels, I think there's still a space for those channels on YouTube. I think I think the the issue is is that you can no longer uh, just open packs and talk about the cards, right? I think the issue is is that you now have to have some sort of gimmick or personality, right? To yeah. to essentially bring people in, right? Like do something absolutely ridiculous or wild in your videos, otherwise people aren't gonna they don't care. Right. Um, in in the day and age of that we are now, it's like everyone's in there sort of like, you know, five second uh, intervals. Right. So it's like if it doesn't catch my my interest <laughs> immediately, I'm, I'm gone. I don't care. Right. Um, so I, and I mean, I guess it's probably a problem that I have specifically is like I'm not uh, I'm not one of those people that's going to be outrageous for the sake of being outrageous just to yeah. try and get people to watch the content right um which i guess is probably my own downfall right um but hey i mean i love doing it i'm probably gonna just keep trucking along uh you know i might reduce the amount of stuff i do over you know the coming year just because you know it is taxing on the wallet as well you know so i mean i bet and and especially with all the new product coming out that Wizards is releasing, like I, I don't know if you want to talk about that on this show, but man, do I have opinions on that? Oh no, yeah, yeah, we can definitely talk about that. But um, one of the things I wanted to ask um you, especially you doing primarily pack openings, uh, with a lot of these collectors editions coming out and with all this art, alternate art, I mean, how how what are some of your thoughts on that? Because not only does it really hamper the value of a lot of the cards if that's something you care about but it's also it it almost kind of feels if you're not opening up a collector's booster pack it doesn't feel as exciting to watch i guess Mm -hmm. so uh yeah so the, the collector's boosters when they first announced it um from throne i i really was not on board um and I was kind of like, this is seems just like a massive money grab, and that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. And from a collector standpoint, I'm in a weird place because like I don't necessarily collect to keep value, right? Um, I'm one of these guys that's like over here on my shelves that you can't really see, but I have binders and binders and binders of each set since I started collecting. And the idea that I've been following is I'm trying to collect one of at least one of every card from each set that I've opened mm-hmm. by opening. Right. So I'm not trying to 
buy the cards individually to collect them. I'm trying to open them to collect yeah. them. Um, and that's sort of like the goal that I'm going after, right? So like basically I, I, I do a series on like Tuesdays where I open sets where I don't have all of the cards from that set. So like I'll go and buy some like old set that, you know, people don't necessarily see as much anymore uh, because I'm missing cards. And so I'll open it and see if I find any cards that I need for the set. Right. Um, so for me as a collector, I'm a little bit different than people who are going to be mad about collector's boosters because they lower the value and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and now that you have all these different editions, like the different arts and stuff, it's, you know, now which one's the more desirable one, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, that doesn't really matter to me. Right. Because for me, I'm just trying to collect one of every set. Now, the thing that matters to me is, well, now I've got to collect, you know, 400 cards from that set instead of only yeah. the, the 300. Right. Well, um, well, that also brings the question of since you're trying to collect one of each card of a set, is that also including stuff that's only in theme boosters and um, deck builders toolkits for that set as well? <laughs> Right. So uh, that's sort of the thing I've been uh, dealing with for the last uh, few sets, because I'm like, do I want to do that? Do I not want to do that? I don't know. I haven't bought a single theme booster since they've released them. Not a single one. Uh, and I don't think I ever will. Um, the cards that you can get from those that are unique to those, I'm not collecting. <clears throat> So I'm trying to stay with just within the like, is this the, you know, 250 to 300 of the set <laughs> value number on the bottom of every card? Yeah. If it is, then I need to have at least one copy of each. Right. Um, everything that's after that, like if it has a number with no slash and then a second number on it, I'm like, that's not technically part of the set, in my opinion. Right. Like, yeah, it was printed in this set, but it's not part of the, the set. Okay. Um, so the collector's boosters. I mean, the Throne one was at least a little bit better than the Theros one. And I mean, you've probably seen or heard all of these complaints, right? Like the Theros one just, it it was really bad. It was really badly executed compared to the Throne one. Like the Throne one, uh, you'd get your commons, your uncommons that are in foil, but you never got basic lands. Oh, right? really? You didn't? Yeah. At least I didn't. I oh, mean, okay. I don't know. I mean, like I opened two boxes of the Throne uh, collector's boosters, like one for myself and one for my patrons, and uh, I didn't see any basic lands in the oh, foil wow. slots. Right now, I've opened up, I think, three packs, three packs of the Theros ones, and I've hit like seven basic lands, right in the foil oh, wow. slot. And I'm like, I mean, like I like foil lands. I love foil oh, yeah. basic lands. Right? Especially like, there the were some of my favorites too. Well, uh, but they're not the they're not the stargaze ones. Oh, they're not. Right? They're just regular. No, the, that's what I'm saying. Oh, is like these are just okay. the regular ones in the first slot. Because I mean, in the collectors' but packs, you get the guaranteed two foil star lands, right? Yeah. Or whatever you want to call them. Um, but I like basic lands too. Like you know, I have a whole box full of just basic lands and sleeves that I like to use for you know decks or giveaways or whatever, right? Because you know who doesn't like to foil out their land base? Oh yeah, right. Um, and <laughs> get it, but getting them in the collectors' booster in that slot just feels so bad you know what yeah. i mean it, it, it I, didn't, feels, I didn't realize it wasn't a stargazing one too well yeah yeah it feels really bad getting them in that slot um because you get the two basic lands in the stargaze later in mm -hmm. those packs but not at the beginning right and and i don't know just the the concept when it came to throne 
was that you then get three guaranteed of the story border cards, right? Mm-hmm. Or the extend the you know whatever you want to call it, the extra art or fancy art or whatever, yeah, the whatever the term art or whatever they call. That's, I don't know. That's uh, whatever. Yeah, I don't know what the term is that they use for. It. I and by that I mean I probably know the term, and it's just not in my brain at yeah. the moment. But um, basically, that one with throne you had more cards you had commons uncommons and rares and mythics that all could come with the fancy story border art right yeah in theros you don't have that yeah, it's you just have, uncommons and, and rares mythics. and mythics yeah not even not even rares oh they didn't right? have any rares with the alternate oh it was just mythics okay yeah right? yeah you're right you're right yeah right so so the way they designed the pack, right? Like with Throne, you got three cards that were guaranteed to be story border art, and they could be any rarity common, uncommon, rare, mythic, right? And they would be non foil, mm-hmm. right? And then you would get like your uh, ancillary card, which was like from the Brawl decks or whatever, right? Again, Theros, you don't have that. Like, I mean, you have the ancillary yeah, no, cards, really but don't. you don't have the Brawl decks. You don't have no. the Commander decks. Like, all of those things that they had, you don't have now. You have the Theme Boosters and the Planeswalker decks, and that's it. Yeah, right? that's right. For your ancillary cards. So, like, you're already losing a bunch of things that you had included in the Throne ones that you're not including in the Theros. So, like, the Throne yeah. packs were much better, but that's not saying a lot. Right, because the, the throne, the, the throne ones were still just a cash grab, uh, yeah. and it was nice to open them and see the cool extended art in foil and all that kind of stuff. But the the amount of money to spend on a single pack, the value just wasn't there. Right, like unless you're specifically hunting like extended art rares and mythics. Yeah, it's um, I mean that could be a whole podcast in itself. Just the the financial impact of all these new arts. I mean, a lot of it reminds me of Pokemon, the Pokemon card game where um, <laughs> yeah. you have the, the, oh God, what did they call them? Like the EX and then the extended art EX and then the foil special edition EX, whatever card. Yeah, I don't well, know. You had foils and you had reverse foils and yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. It's uh, my wife and I were into that card game for a little bit. And um, she was way more into it than I was because of the online client. And um, mm. it's um, it's not a bad card game actually. It's pretty. It can be pretty fun. Um, yep. I just just more as a casual. The 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 thing that I don't really like about it is it doesn't seem there's any way to kind of draft Pokemon or anything. I'm, yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I'm sure you could figure out a way to do it, but it's it just wouldn't be there's, very good <laughs> there's probably someone out there who's already done it i would imagine yeah right yeah but um no it's so yeah it's that that is one of the things with um yeah you're you are spending probably a lot of money opening up all these cards wow that's pretty crazy um so one of the things is are you noticing a uh what do you notice gets more views like a regular booster box or collector's edition now or what do you think the collector's editions definitely like when they first come out if you open them right away you're going to get way more views than if you were opening just regular product mm-hmm. um because people want to see what's in it to know whether it's worth buying right so like for instance one of the reasons my channel suffers 
um, and I'm going to say I'm going to put this right out there is because I don't try to race to the start with everybody. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't try to release my product openings like the day of or the day before or, you know, two days before the product launches. Um, and if you manage to get that stuff out at that point, you're going to get way more views because yeah. the product's not available to the to the public yet. So um, there are lots of people out there that, you know, if you look at some of the other bigger pack cracking channels, you'll notice that they release their video either the day of the release or maybe the day before, depending if they were able to get their product somehow before release. Yeah. Uh, you know, not no, to, I don't, don't want to like, you know, <laughs> not to, not to like, you know. I, I, I've definitely never had an LGS try to sell me you know, D&D or Magic the Gathering stuff before street date because he knows I'll buy it. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so it, the collector's boosters for sure, like, after the release date, the collector's boosters are still more popular just because, yeah. you know, you have a you have a higher risk ratio, right? It could be really bad or it could be really good. So um, they're definitely going to get more views. And then, of course, as time goes on, um, those packs become less relevant, right? Yeah, because people have yeah. seen so many people open it. And like, for instance, like uh, this this past Friday, I did my sixth box of my case of Theros, right? Mm-hmm. And I think its views are like way down compared to like my first box of Theros because it was released near the beginning and this one's released like, you know, th- six weeks later. Um, and, and that's fine with me because... I don't want to open all my boxes at once and just dump one video or six videos online on the day of release and then have nothing for the next six weeks, yeah. right? That's not really how I want to run my channel. I'm more about wanting to run consistency and just have something that someone could watch every day if they want to, right? Okay. But yeah, like I, I, to answer your question, the collector's boosters, yes, see much more views than regular booster boxes. So like the special edition stuff definitely always is going to gain gain a little bit more traction than the other stuff. Okay. And so you mentioned that you don't like to try to rush it out as soon as um it releases. Is that a just why is that? Is it just more of a timing issue or you just have never been a fan of doing it that way or um it's personal preference, yeah. Like okay. um for me it's just I don't know. It's for me. I don't want to get caught up in the. I have to get my video out before other people so that I yeah. get all those first clicks because, you know, I don't. I'm not here. In in my opinion, I'm not here to compete with those other channels. We should yeah. all be working together, right? We should all be working together to be a community. We shouldn't be trying to beat someone else to the punch just to get those initial clicks to. You know, yeah. and that's my opinion, and and that's yeah. sort of where my channel will fail because I'm not willing to like be cutthroat. But that's fine with me. I know. Right? Unfortunately, it's it's got to be cutthroat a lot of times. It's it it's like when I do a complete set review, even even though it's just audio or whatever, it's I'm gonna do it on my own pace and right. all that. Yeah. And I mean, I'll try to do it the week of that that set comes out and all sure, that. Yeah. But I'm not gonna you know release all my episodes like the day after you know right, the, exactly. they do the complete you know reveal mm-hmm. and all that so i get that um so he, okay so you um 
it, it seems like you also have some videos that you open up some older packs as well too is that part of your series where um you're trying to collect a lot of the older stuff or because yeah, it says mediocre so, monday so <coughs> sorry excuse me um my monday series that i do on my youtube channel i try to have fun with it um okay. so um Basically, if you go back through the history of my Monday videos, you'll see that every Monday video is something Monday and it generally is always alliteration. Um, so, uh, for instance, the Monday series actually started with Masterful Monday, which was one of every master set ever printed uh, each Monday until the boxes run out. Um, okay. And then after that, I did Masterpiece Monday, which was one of every set that had lottery cards. Oh, nice. Okay. And then after that, I did a second series of Masterful Monday. And then now I'm doing Mediocre Monday because I figured it was pretty, like, an interesting, different way of looking at things. So a lot of the sets, like the older sets, uh, Fallen Empires and uh, Homelands. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only reason those are included is just because they were some of the like most mediocre sets ever printed. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not necessarily about me collecting those cards because I already have a lot of them because I played during those sets when I was a kid and I still yeah. have those cards. Um, but they're there because of the fact that like I actually did a bunch of polls for this series of like trying to figure out what sets were the ones I should include. Yeah. Um, so these one, this one specifically, the Mediocre Monday, is not necessarily about me collecting the cards, but the Monday series, I try to do giveaways, right? So every video is actually a giveaway video for my okay, Monday series. Okay, cool. So what it, the way it works is you basically leave a comment on those videos and you vote on which set you think will have X requirement, right? Um, so each week I change up what the requirement is um, and then people leave their votes. And if they guess the proper set, they have a chance to win that pack that I opened that week. That's cool. That's cool. So it seems that's really good that you do a lot of engagement like that with your patrons and audience. And, you know, I mean, it, it goes to show that's why you've got quite a few patrons as well, too. <laughs> yeah. And you that's know? it's funny. Um, Who was that? Uh, it was one of my patrons that tweeted out at me one day randomly. It was I think it was after I had made the tweet about my my sub count and my view count going down. And one of my patrons tweeted out and was like, if you look at how many subs I have versus how many patrons I have, the ratio is way off compared to most other creators, yeah. right? Like the number of patrons I have is much higher than my subs, right? So yeah. like, you know, if you look at another channel that has, you know, 10,000 subs, they may have, you know, 60 or 70 patrons, but I have not even a tenth of their sub count, but I have almost as many patrons as them. Right. Yeah, and, and that's, um, you know, that's a really good uh, thing to say, you know, thing to think about, too, because, you know, there's I, I've seen the same thing, really big magic creators out there. And you'd think they'd have hundreds upon hundreds of patrons. And it's like, oh, they've only got 50 and all yeah. that. And and I don't know. Patreon's always a weird game. It's I'm so terrible at advertising mine. And um, and then I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I don't advertise it at all. Yeah. And then it's. I mean, Lisa, some people just get lucky with Patreon and, you know, you, you do seem to be, you know, and that's good that you get have all these people that are willing to help support you as well, so, too. So what I'll say, like, I mean, this is not I, I mean, I don't want to like hijack this and talk about I this is where this is why I'm like you. I'm bad at promoting this because yeah. I don't like to 
it makes me I don't want to sound like I'm begging and I don't want to sound like yeah, I'm too, no no I, I, I know kind of exactly thing, what like, you mean exactly so uh, what I'll say about my Patreon and this is what I tell all my patrons I actually don't really make money from Patreon like at all um, yeah. the money that comes from those patrons basically just subsidizes the packs that I open that mm-hmm. I give back to my patrons yeah you see what I'm saying so uh, my Patreon, the way it works, and I think the reason I have so many is because my patrons actually get physical rewards every month, right? Yeah. And if you look at my Wednesday series, which I don't know if you've seen that, um, but the Wednesday series is one of everything Wednesdays where I go around to the LGSs around my area mm-hmm. and I buy one of every pack they have available. Oh, nice. Regardless of how old, how many, whatever. Uh, if we want to get into numbers, I the the largest amount I've ever dropped at one shop was twenty five hundred dollars. Holy crap! <laughs> and that was for individual packs. Um, and all of those packs, I opened them up and I put all of the cards over a dollar into the patron pile, and every patron gets one of those cards every month, included oh, with wow. whatever else the rewards are. Right, so. <sighs> So like that $2,500 that I spent on all those packs came from the patrons. So the cards that I get from it go right back yeah. to them. That's that's how I view it, right? Like I'm not making money off Patreon. I'm using it to subsidize my addiction for cracking packs. That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah, my wife would not be happy if I spent that much money. Um, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know I've spent a lot. Yeah, you probably spent a lot of money over time with Magic. I have too. Um mm-hmm. But I, I guess so. We definitely know that you're addicted to opening packs here. That's uh, correct. So, what about actually playing the game? You know, what do you enjoy about playing the game, and what formats do you enjoy? And so, I mean, like my favorite format is limited. Um, I am a huge limited nerd. I love playing draft, sealed, all that kind of stuff. Um, mainly because. I like I, I'm terrible at deck building. That's that's really where it comes down to. Like when it comes to brewing and that kind of stuff. And I think I tweeted this out uh, like last week. Uh, it was um, I tweeted it out and I said like the thing that I've noticed is that my biggest problem with deck building is is indecision. <laughs> <laughs> that's the biggest problem I have, and it's because there's so many choices of things to do or try that my brain goes, oh, you should try this combo. And then uh, two seconds later, it's like, wait, but what about this combo? And but I'm so, like, oh, so, oh yes, okay, right. So you're not good at deck building, but you like limited, like draft and sealed? Well, because it, it limits the pool that you have. To I build see with, what you mean. Okay, right? okay. Because so <laughs> that's all you're doing is deck building. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So like, so like with drafting and with sealed, your pool is reduced. So you can only use these cards, right? I see but, what you mean. So when you're brewing, it's like, okay, you, you have, you know what is it 16,000 cards to brew from for commander or whatever it is right or yeah or legacy modern you know yeah right and and I mean even in standard you still have what like probably over a thousand cards right at any given yeah. time because what you've got normally what six sets five sets six sets oh, eight, eight, eight sets max eight sets max right so yeah. and they I say they all have like 250 to 300 cards in them right yeah so <laughs> It's, it's it's a fair amount of cards to pick from like in yeah. the pool right and and for me i find like 
and this is how magic's always been, right? It's it's the classic pay to win scenario, right? If you if you have the money and you buy all of the mythics and rares that you want and you build a deck with four copies of each, mm-hmm. your deck's going to be better than the guy who shows up with a bunch of commons and uncommons and like two or three copies of the rares and mythics because yeah, that's just the most part. what they had, right? And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, right? That's That's how it's always been. It's just that for me, because of the way I don't buy singles ever, right? So yeah. standard standard is not something I play ever competitively or anything. Like I'll play standard on arena just because it's an easy yeah. way to gain it's about your the only time I play or your daily now. quests. Yeah, see yeah. exactly. So like, and you don't have to worry about paying money to get the rares and mythics because you just use your wild cards to brew the deck you want. Fine, right? Um, but limited is definitely where I shine. Uh, I'm coming around to Commander, right? Um, so I, I started playing Commander at Magic Fest Toronto last year. Nice. Um, with Kitchen Table Commander, Commander's oh, Brews. Brett. Yeah, Brett. Yeah. And um, Andy and Sean from Commander's Brews. Okay. And uh, there was a couple other guys there, too. Who else? Milo was there. Milo the oh, Great. Oh, nice. Uh, he's not so much into Commander, but he's very much Def- into limited. Definitely into Cube, for sure. Yes, he's de- he's definitely into limited formats. Um, so I got to I got to play a lot of Commander with those guys at that, and it kind of like gave me the bug. You know what I mean? Like I had a bunch of Commander decks, which is why I, I played with them because I brought them with me. Yeah. But that sort of gave me the bug to like I want to play more of this. Um, mm-hmm. So the problem I was having is that my play group of like guys that I knew from, you know, high school, college, that kind of stuff, they were more kitchen table, right? So yeah. they were more like 60 card decks with just cards, whatever cards we have, yeah. <laughs> we just play. Right. And, and they, none of them were ever really into it, uh, to the point where like they're competitive. Right. Mm-hmm. So to, to give you an example, one of the guys that I've known forever, who would play kitchen table with us had a bunch of decks. Um, and then he sold me his collection just recently. And I found that he had a whole bunch of things in his collection that he wasn't playing with. Right. But they're like, like I'm talking like swords of feast and famine and like yeah. things like things that are like auto includes in a lot of decks just cause they're easy to, they're, they're artifacts. You can put them in any deck, right? Like he had batter skulls as well. Right. So like these are things that I like, had I been the one building the decks that he was playing with, he, those would have been in one of his decks yeah. and would have had a powerful deck. So to give you an idea of the power level of these kitchen table decks, they were not the decks that it's like, oh, well, people are playing, you know, four copies of Ancestral Recall and yeah, what, yeah. Like, not that at all. <laughs> these are, we're talking commons, uncommons. My buddy built a Minotaur deck. He's he's ready, right? And he's got, <laughs> he's got those Minotaurs from uh, the original Theros block, and that's all he's got. He doesn't have anything fancy, right? Um, I kind of miss those days. Yeah, Wait, I, this is my point, right? So I, I kind of miss those days of being, like, ignorant to how powerful magic cards could be and just um, building with whatever you had and trying to test play it with other friends and all that exactly yeah and, and that's sort of like we, what we've kept alive with our group um now the group has fragmented a whole bunch over the last like you know five years because people have moved yeah. away had kids and all that kind of stuff but uh you know because our group is so small now i think there's only about three or four of us that still get together regularly i've been trying to push them to play commander because i'm like look you can build these hundred card decks with the cards you have right 
and you can still it's still like kitchen table per se because you can just throw whatever and it doesn't yeah. have to be powerful it just has to be fun right yeah and that, that's the thing it's commander just always feels more like a board game than an actual um you know just a 1v1 magic match mm-hmm. exactly and all that and i actually got to play i mean you guys on tin street played some paper magic for the first time over over the net right oh God, it was bad <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys use to play um what do you what do you mean you what use, do, like did you use skype to connect everybody together yeah yeah it was skype yeah. and um i i had to make the jankiest like camera like over <laughs> yeah I, I i don't even have a little tripod i well i do have a tripod i just had no idea where it was that night and mm. um so i had to do it very janky Right, because I got to play with the Commander ninety nine guys. Uh, just I don't know when you're putting this episode live, but like it was last, it was February what twentieth. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, you were right. playing what on Twitch with them? Yeah, exactly. So I was playing on Twitch with them, and uh, basically we uh, we got in two games, and the first game went fairly long, and the second game was very very short. Oh uh, man. Because they were like, we don't have a lot of time. Let's do a short game. And so one of the guys, uh, I think it was uh, Mr. Combo number five, uh, pulled out uh, a deck. And we're sitting there and he's playing, uh, you know, like cards that are well over a hundred, two hundred dollars a piece. Oh, <laughs> and he's geez. just casually like I think on, I think he had a mana crypt on turn two, you know, kind of thing. Right. Like it's like, oh, 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 we're oh, we're playing that kind of commander game. I see. Yeah. Yeah. No, the commander 99 guys, I've met them um, a couple times before and uh, they're pretty cool guys. They're, um, yeah. they take their commander very seriously. It's um, <laughs> they're, y- y- you know, you think, you think yourself, you know, a lot about magic and then you meet someone like them where they're just naming off all these different cards and all these interactions, especially in commander. You're just like, what <laughs> right, i know yeah. what a counter spell does it's about <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah see so i'm in the same boat as you right like when you and pixie uh announced this whole uh magic for normies thing oh, I, love I was that like thing. man this is gonna be right up my alley i need to <laughs> i need to make sure that i'm a part of whatever this is because this is like totally who i am because people i have the same problem as you people will be like you know uh this card and they'll say the card name and i'm like i yeah that's a card name. Oh, I'm so what, terrible with card names. What, do, um, what does it do? <laughs> yeah, right? it's I'm I'm so terrible with names and you know if it's not in standard right now, then I probably don't know it mm-hmm. and all that. It's it's always funny to see like the the the, the big difference, right? Like you were saying, like the guys from Commander Ninety Nine, they'll be able to just like like this name it all off the top of their head and know the interactions and stuff. And I'm sitting here like, sure. It looks like it cost you what uh, a couple a couple mana there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, so, what what uh, what commander decks do you have right now? Um, so, eh, funny story. Um, the first commander decks that I ever owned, I didn't build. Okay. Uh, I got them in a collection that I bought. <laughs> um, so I bought a collection from. Uh, I don't know if you remember Stubborn Salmon. Uh, but Stubborn Salmon was another pack cracking channel that yeah. existed around the same time. So he started up around the same time as I did. Okay. Um, and he was he was only active for about a year and a half ish, and then he decided to just like cut and run because it wasn't growing fast enough for him. Yeah. Um. So he was like, I'm I'm done. I need to you know recoup some funds and stuff. And so he sold. He asked me. He's like, Do you want me? Do you want to want me to sell my collection to you? And I was like, Well, I mean, 
you've opened up so much stuff. I've seen you. I've seen what you've opened. If you still have it all, I guess I'll buy it from you. Uh, I was like, but I'm not going to give you, you know, full price. I'll give you, you know, 70%, right? And he was like, sure, sure, that's fine. And uh, it's better than any store would give him, basically, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I from him, I got four, four commander decks. I think it was four. So Bontu, uh, Rill, uh, Nekusar, and Slivers. Ooh, gross. So I, sti- <laughs> so I still have all those decks yeah. uh, around. And then um, I myself built my first commander deck, I think, just last year. Mm-hmm. And it was Arcades. Oh, nice. That, that, that can be a fun one. Uh, big butts and all that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, actually, I was playing it last night with my buddies. And I realized that the deck is, is good in the aspect of it has things that it can do on pretty much every turn, which is good. Yeah. The, pro- the problem that I have is that as soon as someone slaps down something bigger than like a five-five, my walls can't get through. So, do you have um a lot of walls in that deck? Oh yeah, it's all walls. The whole. So, deck. Um, do you remember in Dragons of Tarkir when Assault Formation came out? Yeah. You know that reminds me of a little story. Um, so I when Dragons of Tarkir came out, I went to an F and M just for just playing like a joke deck basically built a, a walls deck with assault formation as the um is you know the win con so i could just swing and win and it it won a couple won a couple games and all that stuff i wasn't expecting to take the whole you know store down and all that um so one of my buddies i was playing against um you know i i beat him game one and then games two and three he beats me and you know what card completely destroyed me at the time siege dragon completely took me out with the <laughs> do you remember what siege dragon does i don't i don't see, yeah, what, this is what, yeah, I don't see when it enters the battlefield you destroy all walls oh <laughs> it, yeah. it was it was not a card that was ever played in standard at all during the time but he happened to have it in a sideboard and i'm just like what the f- <laughs> uh, i'm like you motherfucker what the hell <laughs> Oh, man. Like, he yeah, just that's happened to have the one dude. card, and and it's not like he was cheating or anything like that. It was just oh, yeah. it, he played it, and I wasn't even I wasn't even mad. I was just laughing so hard because I had like five yeah. walls out, and <laughs> yeah, and now and now you have nothing. Yeah. Oh man. So would a siege dragon destroy your Arcades deck? Oh, probably. Yeah, it would, it would wreck it up pretty bad. Probably. No, I mean, like it has like the arcade. At least Arcades itself isn't a wall, right? So yeah, it would yeah. kill Arcades. And then as you play more defenders out of your hand, you draw, right? Because that's Arcades' mm-hmm. ability. So I mean, like you could recoup from a board wipe pretty easily. Yeah, and I yeah. built the deck so that it can. Um, there's a lot of draw mechanics. The problem that I like, I was saying, like the problem with the deck, and I need to tune it a bit, is is that it just doesn't have any ability to get through creatures bigger than five five essentially like as soon as they're as soon as they have five toughness the walls can't kill them do you not have any lords or anything to pump up the walls or like a vanquisher banner or uh no so that's what i mean is like i don't have any of those types of things in the deck i mean, right? so, I, I i'd almost say coat of arms but that also helps everybody else on the board yeah vanquisher um, banner probably not too bad if you pick like wall basically right oh um what's um, that oh no i don't think that would help um isn't there the the white mythic from throne doesn't that get or is that only gives knights plus one plus one i can't remember no the white mythic gives everything plus one uh and then it that could be good and then you can pay for to make a knight 
right? That's I what think that so. one is. I, I, yeah. I don't remember. The, cir- the circle of whatever. Circle something. of loyalty, I think it's called. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. All right. We, we got there together. See? Yes. We're good at this. Um, <laughs> so that's cool. Um, so you also have a Nekasar deck. Nekasar can be disgusting. Um, you know what? I, I haven't even played it. That's what I, mean. like, I own it, but I haven't you, played it. You should it. just take it apart. <laughs> that's what i've heard i've I mean, and this no, is the I, reason why i've never played it right is that everyone's always just like uh necusar and i'm like but if i don't know what the deck does do you think i'm going to be playing it optimally it, it's no. just all wheels um it's it, i mean necusar i mean it's easy to beat necusar as long as you just counter everything that necusar <laughs> tries to do um yeah. that's the only way i can beat my friend's necusar deck so my my play group is uh can be pretty degenerate and so i had to build my grand arbiter deck just to counter their to counter everybody else's stupid decks and I, i've said this before a bunch on the podcast and even on stream that my only win cons approach to the second sun and that and that grand arbiter deck it's not stacks it's just pure control right i'm not gonna allow you to do pretty much anything that i don't like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you let them you can resolve that that's fine yeah yeah, it's and I mean everybody hates it, but I'm like you. You're playing your stupid Animar combo deck. You're playing your you know stupid Nekasar deck. You're playing your you know Infect deck or your Storm deck. I'm like, you're gonna get mad at Grand Arbiter. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're like, yeah, we want to resolve our spells. Nope, not gonna allow you to resolve anything. Oh, <laughs> what one of the funniest games I had with that deck was um, I got the Teferi, the the five cost uh, Teferi from Dominaria. Yep. And they were trying so hard to kill it because I was going to alt it. And okay. um, and so I countered, I don't remember how many counter spells I had. I countered everything they were trying to do, stopped everything. And they got, I had, what, two people quit when I ulted Teferi because then I was just going to start exiling all their shit. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, that, that, that ult on that Teferi is very scary. <laughs> Especially when I can draw a lot of cards too. And um, like I said, it's that's my police commander, like, my fun police. So have you have you thought about putting the new the Dream Stalker into that deck yet? Then oh Dream Trawler, yeah. Oh he he he's in that deck. Um, yeah, nice. Just as another win con, I did put. Yeah. I mean, approach isn't my only win con in it. I've actually it, since then I've put in a few more win cons. Approach is probably my main win con. I right, also okay. have um Ulamog in there just to. Uh, I mean, that's not really a win con in itself, but it helps clear out some of the board and I can at least target someone and get rid of their library. Can I ask which Ulamog? The Battle for Zendikar one, the good one. Okay, so the, the exile one. Okay, yeah. exile 20 cards or whatever when it yep. decks. And yeah, then okay. um, Dream Trawler is... It, it's not really much of a win con, it's just more of a try to stop things, but Approach is my only true win con in it. Right, yeah, okay, which makes sense, but I mean, if you're digging that much, that, that makes sense too, right? Because yeah. you play it then you can get back to it probably within a turn or two. Yeah, or the same turn. There you go. <laughs> oh man. So what was the what was the other one other decks you said? You had slivers, which who's the commander for that one? Uh it's the Overlord. Overlord? Alright, the only good one. Um the or the Cascade one I've seen is pretty nasty. Yeah, Brett has one with the Cascade. I'm so uh, tempted sliver. to rebuild Slivers again, but then it's just such a... It, it, when when you play Slivers, like, there's certain commanders out there, like Atraxa, Nekisar, any kind of Sliver commander, it becomes it no longer becomes a pod of four, it becomes Arch Enemy at that point. Because Correct, yes. you have to take out that player or <laughs> else. 
Um, that's <laughs> or else you're yeah. just dead. That's why that's why I took apart my Slivers deck because if I'd want to play it, they'd just kill me right away. They, Which they I don't, don't blame them. Let you get past like four mana, basically. Yeah. I mean, and you can't really blame them either because Slivers is just so dumb. But I love it. <laughs> it gets out of hand real fast. It, what was the other commanders you said you had? Um, so there, there's a few more that I didn't list. Um, of course, I have I have the commander anthology one and two right okay. that are just the like you know pre-builds. I haven't changed them in any way, but I have them uh, and okay. I have them sleeved up just in case people want to play them. Um, I of course have the I have the uh, what is it Anji? Oh, Anji, uh, the Ooh. discard one, the the madness yeah. one. I mean, yeah. So I have that one uh, pre-built. I haven't changed it. Um, That's one that have, Pixie has. That that car, that deck can be dumb. That deck is fun. The first time I opened it up and played it, I was like, "This deck is actually really fun to play." Like, maybe it doesn't have like some of like the mad strength of like you know another deck, but like the like Anji's ability of being able to like discard a madness card, play it, and if you play a madness card, you untap Anji, and yeah, you can just it, it, keep doing it. Is like, oh, okay. Yeah, it cool. gets ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty um, strong just out of the box. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think all of the I want to say all the 2019 ones were were pretty good out of the box. Uh, they did a really good job of making them like not not necessarily super powerful, but at least powerful enough. Right? Yeah. Um, now, of course, I haven't played with I haven't played with the other ones myself um, yet. But my buddies from my playgroup all bought one of like essentially each so that we could play. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, so like they've all played. They've, I've seen the what is it? The the Jeskai one uh, and the there's a Saltai one, the morph. That's the, the morph one. Yeah. And then there's the the, the that was it Naya. 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 Yeah, Naya. Yeah. 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 So I've seen the I've seen the Jeskai and Naya ones go off. As well, which were pretty good. The Saltite one, no one else had picked up or played yet, and I haven't played it yet. I have a copy of it, but I haven't opened it yet. Okay. Um, and then I have, of course, Athreos, which I built just for this past uh, Thursday. I'm actually in the process of what I'm what I'm working on now is I'm working on building all the OG gods. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, a so, lot of them are good. Um, I, yeah. I used to have a god tribal deck with all the fifteen Theros gods, and it was absolutely terrible. Uh, uh, c- c- combo number five was saying that he had one too, like that, similar. Well, all the gods, all the gods that he could have in the deck. I'm assuming yeah. that's what you're talking about. Yeah, right? and yeah. I built that before Amon Ket came out, and um, yeah, it was Corona, the false god, was my commander, and I, I, I'd never want to play her because she's terrible. But um, it was. But you just, needed the five it, colors. I need the five colors, and I needed a theme for it too. Yeah, it had to be on yeah. theme. So uh, it was such a terrible deck, but it was so much fun when I could actually get like five or six gods out, start getting them activated online, and um, just all the stupid abilities they could all do. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that's spe- why, like, uh, no, go no, ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, the reason I decided to go down this road is just because the the secret layer, right? Like the oh yeah, yeah. I, I only bought the the blue secret layer. I was so tempted to buy it all of it, but I I honestly don't care about the other ones really. I only wanted I only wanted Krufitz because he's my absolute favorite commander. Mm-hmm. Um, he's my absolute favorite commander, my favorite deck, uh, probably my most tuned deck, and all that. I mean, the only thing I could probably upgrade to make it better is just better mana base. 
on it, like yeah. more, more fetch lands and duels. But I, I don't care about spending that money on the mana base. Maybe Is one there any, day. Any new cards that have come out from the new sets, though? There might be, uh, right? Um. Oh, that I that I can put in it. Um. I mm. put Oko in it uh, for one. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And oh, I thought there was one. I mean, I put Wilderness Reclamation in it just to help out with more mana. Cool. Um, yeah. And I thought there was a Theros card. I'd have put it. Uh, the, the Dryad, maybe? No, no, because um, I I didn't want to put that in there. Because uh, a lot of my creatures, it's sort of like half Eldrazi, half Hydras and all that. Okay. So okay. it's trying to put in a another card, because I think I already have Oracle of Moldiah in there. And right, so yeah. putting yeah. in another card that does that thing doesn't the really help me because it's yeah. I've already got plenty of ramp in that deck too. <laughs> so yeah, that's not a bad plan. Yeah, because yeah, the uh, what was the other one? If you're doing hydras, you could put in the that uncommon right, the enchantment that doubles all the tokens. It doubles all the you mean all the counters on it or mm-hmm. yeah, it doubles all the counters. It's like mm-hmm. the hydra. Hydra growth or something, or yeah, something like that. If you want to make a, your own hydra out of a non-hydra creature, you know, yeah, that probably wouldn't be too bad. Um, I mean, it might be slow for what you're doing, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, I, it would I, just be a kind of fun flavor thing. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad, like yeah, for a fun flavor thing. Um, I did put hydroid crisis in there, and because uh, that was really going. No, yeah. but but my favorite, my favorite hydra in it is hydra broodmaster from was it Journey into Nyx. So yes. that that is. Do you remember what that one does? I don't, but I remember so, the name. So I think he is a seven seven when he drops, or a six six something like that. But he has monstrosity where you pay two X cost and I think a green and whatever the X cost is, you add that many counters to Hydra Broodmaster and create that many xx hydras at a how much how much of the x cost you paid as well okay okay <laughs> yeah all right in a crew fix deck you would have a lot of mana so yeah that makes yeah. sense so like i remember one game i saved up 70 mana i don't know why no one was stopping me and so i paid what 70 mana into hydra broodmaster and created like 25 25 25s and just wow. swung in one it was fun it was fun game yeah, but if you it, so, did did you get the uh, secret layer for the the gods? I did. Yeah, I bought the bundle. Um, <laughs> I told myself after the first bundle that I wouldn't buy any more secret layers. I have uh, because this is my first one I bought. I have not had any interest in buying any of them. But when I saw the especially crew fix, I'm like, I I have to buy it now. You know. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it was it was I wasn't going to buy any either when they first announced it, and then when they said you get the stained glass planeswalkers i was like okay that hooked me i i really love the art on the stained glass planeswalkers um so i bought the first bundle and it took more than a month to get to me oh wow because i'm in canada right so like they shipped it out and who knows what happened but like they really bungled it up like really bad like they gave me i got my shipping notification right that had like yeah. my shipping my tracking number and stuff and when i clicked on it it take me to the page and it says okay it's you know it's it's currently uh that they printed the label that's all it said right and i'm like okay <laughs> right and i got an email from them that showed me like my status my order status and it had all the items in the list 
marked as shipped. And I was like, okay, so they've been shipped. That's good. But when I went to my account on their page, all the items said that they were pending shipping. Oh, no. And I'm like, so wait, the screenshot you sent me says shipped, but this says that they're not shipped. What's going on? And I went back and forth with support, I think, five times trying to figure out, like, has it shipped yet or has it not shipped? I don't know what's going on. They finally went, oh, we gave you the wrong tracking number. And I went, what? And so they sent me another <laughs> tracking number and I clicked it and it said that it had shipped and it had actually been like left. It had yeah. been shipped. I was like, okay, but this tracking number doesn't match what's on my account on my account page. So can you fix that? And they went, no. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but then how do I know that this is my product? Like you've just sent me this tracking number. It doesn't say where it's going. It just says that it's shipped. Yeah. How do I know that this is mine and not somebody else's that you just like, here's a tracking number. Yeah. No, right. Away, right. And I'm like, you. And I'm like, I don't understand. And actually, I think until it showed up at my door, I had no idea if it was actually going to get here or not. Right. Oh, wow. Um, And that was the first set of secret layers they did. Yeah. And so, like, when they announced that they were doing the rat one, I was like, I don't care. Right. Like, I'm not buying it. I don't care. Yeah. Um, It's I like ink eyes and all that, but I'm not, you know, biting at the bit to or chomping at the bit to want to get want to get it, you know. Well, see, that was it for me. I was like, I have no interest in playing those cards in any deck right now, so I don't need them. And then when they said the gods, I was like, okay, well, I could use the gods as my commanders, and that's kind of cool. And that's sort of what sent me down the road of like... Maybe I'll build the OG commanders and I got the, uh, the these coming in the constellation, which is kind of cool. So, all right, let's go down that road. Because, like I said, my biggest problem with brewing any deck, including commander, is my indecision. So, like, yeah, it's yeah. oh, that it's know, good. I that, need something to focus on and then go. That's right? definitely going to be hard for you. You got 15 commanders you got to build out of. Yeah, well, I've, so I built one. So I'm going to build I, I'm going to try to do one a week, I think, is my okay. point. Um, until I'm done all 15, right? Uh, I think that's my plan anyway. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Maybe that won't work. (laughs) Oh, man, that's fun. So I want to shift the gears a little bit. You mentioned that you're in IT as well. Uh, And um, do you mind speaking a little bit about what you do? Because, I mean, I'm in IT also. Sure, yeah. So uh, I, I work for RBC, which is one of the big banks in canada right okay i guess i guess the biggest bank i mean you you don't need to do any like personal information or anything like that no 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 that's fine but um so i i work in it for them so you can just imagine like what the it sort of uh is like for a company that is just absolutely massive right and especially for Um, a banking company as well too i can only imagine financial yeah so um what i'll say is that i've been in support for the last uh i think 13 14 years now um my role has changed like i've stayed in the same position for all those Mm -hmm. times but the role and the stuff that i've done has changed drastically over the last you know 10 years um so i went from basically being like a on-call support person for when they needed me to answer you know or fix things and then from there, I went to essentially being like a high level support. So they would only call me when they couldn't fix it on the front yeah. end kind of thing. So like a uh, tier two, tier three type thing. Essentially. Yeah. And then now I'm actually more of like, even though I haven't really changed roles, I'm more of like, a, uh, they're, what they're calling me now is an application guardian, I guess is what you would call it. Oh, okay. Um, so essentially I do like the release management and make sure that the stuff that the development teams are putting into my environments aren't going to break it. Oh, nice. 
Nice. Right? So it's so, sort of like a QA person almost or so no, there's like the QA people, like I'm the one that it has to go through to be able to go live. Oh, okay. So right? you're like so the I, final more, step. Yeah, it's more like a management uh attestation of all of their QA results and their testing and all that kind of stuff, right? So um they come along and they say, here's our project. We're putting it in. And I go, okay, but you don't have this on my checklist. Where is it? Yeah. And they go, oh, we never got that. You can't go live then. Sorry. Right? Like, nice. that's that's basically it, right? And they go, people, we have to meet our deadline. And I'm like, well, then you should go get this and get it now, right? Like, <laughs> if you don't have it, you can't go in. And they're like, but we have to go in. And I'm like, it doesn't – It you telling me this? means nothing because you know who doesn't have a vested interest in your business group me i have an interest in my clients not having broken things yeah and especially anything it could be vulnerable as well too Mm -hmm. yeah so no that's pretty cool um so i i work for a really big national healthcare company in in the u.s and um it's one of my uh, security directors that i know um, used to work for a really big banking company here in the U.S. And he's told me story. He, he was like the security manager, security, whatever it is. And just mm-hmm. telling me all these stories of how locked down banks are as far as IT goes and how crazy, crazy, like I, I essentially crazy it is. And um, and the auditing they have to go through. And I can't even imagine because we did a SOC 2 audit about four or five years are you familiar with sock sock one sock two mm-hmm. yeah yep, i to, sure am we just had to do a sock two because we don't ha- hold any financial data or anything like that right so yeah. we did sock two and oh my gosh the amount of meetings that we had to go through that the amount of auditing and how boring it was and having to list all these controls and functions and i'm just like oh god i can't even imagine I- what it must be like for a bank yeah, my favorite thing about the audit stuff that we have to do is like they come to you and they ask you for all these details. So yeah. you provide it to them. And then maybe three, four months down the line, when you've forgotten that you provided these details to them, they come back to you and go, This thing that we were looking at, it looks like it's wrong. Can you sit can you comment on this? And you're like <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're just looking at that now. Why did I provide it to you four months ago? Yeah, right. Like you guys came to me and said you need this by end of day, you know, tomorrow. So I rushed around getting it for you, and you haven't looked at it until now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I get it. Yeah. I get it. There's a lot for you to parse here, but like, I feel like maybe you should have like booked a meeting to to do a walkthrough if you needed to see it all, or you know, like anyway, but. But my favorite thing about the audit is that they always ask for something and then you give it to them and then they'll come back with more of like, we need this now. Right. Oh, and yeah. That's yeah. the thing with audit is that it, it kind of like snowballs. Right. Like it's you give them something and then that thing that you give them might raise more questions for them. And then now they ask for something else and then you give that to them and that raises more questions. And it's it's a very fine line of being giving them enough information to do their job and audit properly and not giving them all the information so that they don't ask a plethora more of questions. Oh yeah, yeah, and especially I don't know, I don't know what it's like in banking or anything, but in healthcare, we gotta not only do SOC two audits, but we also have to do HIPAA compliance audits and all that, and meaningful use. Um, I, I guess HIPAA is a U.S. thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't I was know. Like, I've never heard of that one. I, I don't know what the equivalent of it is in Canada, but HIPAA is basically just um. Per, protecting your uh 
uh, medical records and all that. And oh, okay. Pr- yeah, protecting yeah. your see. health healthcare information. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, we have something similar. I don't know what it's called, but I get. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh, it's all like the personal information, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. And we have to do so many audits with that, and it's um. And so me being on the networking side with it, it's I always get people a little peeved off at me because, you know, I control all the firewalls and all that. And whenever there's like a developer or, you know, a systems guy who needs uh, mm-hmm. like, hey, I need access is one thing. And can't you just open it up for me? Like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> or I, it's it's funny how people don't don't understand that like at all oh, i know man. exactly what you mean because i have people come to me at saying hey i asked the network team to give me this and they won't give it to me and i'm like what do you want me to do about it and they're like well we need it and i'm like then 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 find the right solution because what you ask them to do they can't do that for you because and then i tell them it because of all these reasons and they go oh and i'm like well you didn't think of any of this stuff like uh, here are all these things that are the wrong with what you've asked for and you didn't think of any of those while you were asking for it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Well, I, you, listen, you can't have what you want unless you yeah. can find a proper way of doing it. And they're like, hmm. And I'm like, yeah, they're not going to just give you access. Like I had one guy just I think it was like just last week or two weeks ago was like, oh, that we have six users at this one location that can't access this tool anymore. Can we just open up the, the ports on this IP? No. And and I went, <laughs> what? And they're like, yeah, we just want to like, you know, so that they can get in. And I went, no, you can assign those six people who need access static IPs and open up their IPs to this. Sure. Yeah. Go for it. But you can't just open up that location's generic IP to get oh, in. Because yeah. then now everybody can just. Yeah. No, there's no control <laughs> there that you can't do that. Oh, oh. yeah yeah so i don't i don't know if in banking um if you experience this but in like my line of work we do a lot of acquisitions of like smaller clinics and smaller businesses and um i I don't know do you do do you do anything like that does your bank acquire like other banks and you have to rebrand them or anything no i mean like if it does i don't hear about it oh okay Uh, okay uh, in in my world because I mean the thing the thing with our with our company is that like because there is so many different things in the financial sector uh, I could be working in my world here and there could be like you know 50 other IT groups that I have no connection with at all that are also doing other things and then the acquisition side of stuff like you're talking about would be like the business side that has nothing to do with it and they wouldn't tell us if they don't have to right oh i see what you're, okay okay that makes sense like i said i'm very ignorant in like financial sector and all that stuff i've been in healthcare for over 10 years now and so it's and i'm assuming I, very different worlds see, i'm in the same boat as you right because i've been in financial sector for this long and i have no no idea about any of the other ones but yeah yeah no, the, the acquisition of banks it doesn't really happen that often i would imagine like uh the thing is, is that like, I, and I think it's probably, I, I guess actually, I don't know about how it is in the States, but in Canada, there's not really like, like what you would call like, you know, third party banks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I have, I, like I said, I have no idea like how any of this works in financial. So I don't know if yeah. that actually happens. I only so mentioned that like, because we, it's, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say like, we have like the four or five like big names and like, that's, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, right? we, we've got about the same down here. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I only mention it because it's you, you know how you always read about those horror stories of you know server rooms or people just not knowing what the heck they're doing and all that. It's so that those are some of the things I come across when we have to you know acquire these smaller clinics and businesses. Um, just some of these doctor's offices it 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 can be scary we we literally had um we still have it though we actually have this one clinic when we bought it the server room the idf closet was literally in the bathroom and it still it still is to this day because it would cost way too much money to relocate it <laughs> in the bathroom yeah oh man okay yeah. um and then um I still remember, and and for the listeners and viewers, I'm very sorry if this is all boring, but it's I don't get to talk IT too often, you know, especially <laughs> when I'm interviewing magic people here. So I apologize, but hey, this is all interesting to me. So, yeah. I mean, I was just gonna make the bad joke of you know, like that's a shitty place to have your server room. It it, it is. It it really is. Um, especially well, because so it's not in the actual bathroom like where the toilet is so there's a so you go into the bathroom and then there's like a little closet door in the bathroom and you open up that closet door and then there's the server room right there and um it it is behind a lock and lock and key and all that stuff so not just any patients can walk in and do whatever so (laughs) that would be that would be much worse yes (laughs) though imagine like client comes in unplugs the server or something well, they could have before we acquired it though which was the scary <laughs> thing <laughs> no but let's just say there's been a few times where i've had to work there overnight and then you know the sudden urge of having to go to the bathroom hits and you know <laughs> you're, and you're say. right there yeah you're right there you're like right, hey you're right there um no but it's uh oh god there there was another story where we used to have to go to these clinics to help set up this software that we that we owned and it was just a really convoluted way to set up the software. And I still remember going to this one doctor's office and they had all pirated copies of Windows and Office and all that stuff. And they and the doctor was asking me if I wanted to do IT work for him on the side. I'm like and then he was also asking if I could help him get some legit keys of Windows and all this. I'm like, I'm like, no, hell no. And I'm like, I, I was this close to like wanting to report him to Microsoft and all that. The what is it? The licensing. So I'm like, you know, I'm not even going to freaking bother because whatever. I don't even think that doctor. You should have you just sent him the link to like buy Windows from like some up. store or whatever. Right. Here you go. You want legit copies of Windows? There you go. And, and you'd be. I, I don't. I, I don't know if you would be surprised, but it's it's very surprising how many little clinics are like that too, where they just their doctors, let the owners or whatever, just don't buy Windows. It's it's all pirated stuff, and and some of the the setups of the IT just make you go, why the f- would you set it up like this? Why? Oh, oh, that reminds me of another story. You you would enjoy this being in like knowing security and banks and all that stuff. So, um, you're you're pretty familiar with networks, networking and all that, like VLANing and. I mean, like it's, it's like, yeah. like the basics of networking and. Yes, of course. So yes. so I had to do. I I was um, I did a little consulting on the side one time where um, uh. I this person was going to be buying half of a dentist's office, right? And so it, the one half was for pediatrics and the other half was for adults. So um, 
the they used to be owned by one person but they were selling off the pediatric side so i was helping consult that and it was going to be a completely separate business at that point but they had everything on one network and all that stuff and everything just in one area and one of the biggest things to me was just how wide open their like it closet was where I'm like, you know, anybody could just walk in here and unplug stuff. And and the owner was like, yeah, but we, we'd watch and make sure that no one walks in there and all that stuff. I'm like, <laughs> like why, why don't put just a locker key or something behind? He's like, oh, that's just too much trouble or too much hassle. I'm like, oh, my God. And then, and then I was talking about the networking where I was asking him, well, since you guys are going to be separate companies, why not, you know, I can help you know, quote out whatever, just your own separate networking and, you know, segregating the network and all that stuff. And they had their own IT consultant there. And the guy was just had to have been lazy as hell. He's like, why, why would you do that? Why would you separate the networks and all that? Why not? It's like, no one's going to access the other, you know, person's computer. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like, are you serious right now? <laughs> oh, oh, it's, Oh, there, there was just so much more stuff to it, but I just wanted to like slap this IT, this other IT guy in the face. Like, like, are you serious? Like, do you like, this is like HIPAA freaking violation. Number one right here, you know, especially when it's two separate companies, you guys should not yeah. be sharing any patient information or anything. And mm-hmm. now you'd be on the same network and just like, Oh, that's just too much work. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a matter. Yeah, it's, like, it's too much work. Yeah, but it, you have to do it regardless of how much work it is. I, I ended up not doing any. Of, I, I, they just wanted me to consult a couple more times, but I didn't actually do any work. They were just like the 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 owner of the pediatric place was just so frustrated. They're like, yeah, no, we're going to get someone else. And it, it wasn't more of a reflection on me. It was just I didn't want to. Ha- I'm, I'm kind of glad they didn't you know keep me on right. or whatever i'm like i didn't want to deal with that other guy because i would have had to and right, all that yeah. so oh god that was a funny one have you ever had to do any consultant work or anything like that before or uh for me i mean internally yes uh externally uh not other than you know uh being uh essentially i guess like the what fa- you would the call family uh, it guy. like yeah but but like not just family like uh you know uh, what you would call like getting uh, essentially i guess uh, uh, given out to uh, friends of family members oh, and things as uh, here. This is an IT person, so I have I have a really funny story for you. Um, sure. When I was living at my old house, um, I was living in a, like a townhouse complex, and um, literally across the parking lot from my house was. Um, a masseuse that mm-hmm. uh, my father used to go to, right? I guess he actually, he probably still goes to them. Anyway, I don't live there anymore, so it doesn't matter. Um, but so this this masseuse was across the parking lot, and I guess she was having problems with her IT stuff, right? And I had never met her or dealt with her or anything, and she just shows up at my door one day. <laughs> like, just knocks on the door, and I'm like, Hello? Like who I had no idea who she was. And she's like, Hi, I'm this person. Your dad told me that you could help me with my IT stuff. And I'm like, What? And she's <laughs> oh, like, Oh man. Yeah. She's like, I'm having problems with my internet and my printer. It won't connect and blah blah blah. And I'm like, uh Okay. I was like, I I I mean why uh 
you gonna pay me? I'm like, you don't have it here with you, right? Because she's at my door. So I'm like, no. She's like, uh, so. What do you want what me you, to do? You, you want me to like come over to your house or something? I'm like, where do you live? And she's like, oh, I just live over there. And she points, and I'm like, oh. I'm like, uh, that's close enough. I can walk to it, I guess. I was like, okay, when do you want me? Well, can you come now? No. No, I did. What? No. I'm not. You just. No, I had no warning of this. You just knocked on my door. It's like you know. It was like it was like Saturday morning at like 10 a.m. or something oh, like that. And screw I'm like, that. I'm like, no, I'm not. What? I was like, here's my email address. Send me an email. I'll email you back when I have some time that I can come by to look at it for you. Oh well, I need it like fixed right away. And I'm like, that's not my problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, it has nothing to do with me, right? And she's like, well, he said that you could just look at it for me. And I'm like, that's nice. So then I had a nice stern conversation with my father that night <laughs> where I was like, listen, I will go and help her this time. But you tell her the next time you're over there that it's $50 an hour. Ooh, you're cheap. Right? That's cheap. That's yeah, cheap, that's right? super cheap. It's super cheap, right? She's like, and so like he told her that, and she's like, oh, he wants me to pay him, and I'm like, of course I want you to pay me. Like, who? If you were gonna call some IT guy to come fix this for you, it'd be 150 bucks an hour. Yeah, exactly. Right. And she's like, oh, I will. I'll, I'll get someone else to do it. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, you will. Like, I'm not here to just service things for people. When yeah, and, you- and it's it's frustrating because um, you know I. I'll still help out family with stuff and all that stuff. But then yeah. just like you, when they tell their friends and all, and I'm just like, Whoa, first of all, that's when I'm like, cause I, I used to be really open to helping anyone out. But now, nowadays, since I hardly ever do, you know, I, I very rarely work on desktops now or anything like that, or, or like printers and all that. I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm in network switches and firewalls all day. I barely know anything about <laughs> desktops now. Yeah. I mean, I mean that that's a lie. I, that's what I just say to them because <laughs> yeah. I yeah. build my own desktops and stuff. And, of course, you yeah. Know. Like you still know. You just <laughs> I just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, and I'm in the same boat, right? Like I went and fixed her stuff for her the first time, right? Yeah. I so I, I went over and I fixed it all, got it all working. It was super easy. All she had to do was push the the little network connect button on the top of her printer. That's really to get hard. Her to, to get it to connect to yeah. uh, the network, right? And then all of a sudden, it works. And I was like, okay, you're, you're done, I guess. <laughs> like, it's working now. She's yeah. like, oh, how'd you fix it? I'm like, well, I pushed this button right here. And uh, that'll be $200. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, all right, well, you know. And I think, like, so she came by my house again, like, later that week to, like, drop off my payment <laughs> and I'm like, and, and like, so she showed up and just dropped off like two cases of Dr. Pepper. Right. Because like I was, ho- I was hosting Friday night magics and stuff at my house uh, okay, for my play okay. group. So I had like a mini fridge full of pop and stuff. And my dad had told her this. And oh, so she geez. just dropped off two cases of pop <laughs> as payment. And I was like, I mean, thanks. It's but at really the same payment. time, I'd rather have cash. <laughs> I was like, it's listen, you didn't have to give me anything this time. This one's on me, right? It yeah. was I pushed a button. I don't really want to charge you for that. That's fine. Just just know that if you need actual help with things in the future, it's fifty bucks an hour. Right? And she was like, Oh, I'm like, yeah. And like it's cheap as hell too. Yeah. That's well that you know, friend friend of a family member, right? Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'll give you a discounted rate, right? And uh 
and then she I think she messaged me like maybe a year or two later and was like, hey, can you help me set up my uh, my nest uh, doorbell? Oh, right. Oh. And I went, I have no experience I know that nothing at about that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I've never set one of these up. I have no idea how it works. It would be a complete new learning experience for me to figure out how to set it up. And I'm not doing it for free. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely something like that. Um, it's I, I usually charge hundred bucks an hour, right? And all that, yeah. and and it's funny. It I used to get a lot of patients coming up to me asking me to do IT stuff, and then <laughs> I'd be like, it, depending on the person, I'd be like, oh, probably like hundred fifty bucks an hour or whatever. Or I just tell them straight up no, because right. I, I I used to do so much of the side work where now I'm just I don't give a crap anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. the extra money would be nice, but. I'm in a spot where it won't make or break me or anything. I was going to say, yeah, it, it would that's just exactly be where I am. It, yeah. It'd be, you know, money I'd either spend on magic or just put away for a vacation fund. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I don't need it anymore, yep. but, oh man. So how long have you been in it now? Uh, 15 years. Nice. Nice. It's, right. um, do you ever see yourself getting out of it at all or? You think you're just in it for good? I mean, I don't want to be in IT anymore. You don't? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, like, I like it, um, but like, I'm kind of, at, I'm kind of at a point where I'm, I'm burning out a bit, right? Like, it's, and um, do you think it's the job that you're at, or do you think it's, uh, yeah, it's the job that I'm at. Like, I mean, maybe IT somewhere else would be better. I don't know, but um, I think without, you know without slamming my own company too hard well, here. Well, no, no and, and I don't want you to or anything like that. Um, it's A lot of the new practices that they're trying to uh, implement are unhealthy. Mm, I know what you um, mean. So, you know, if if it goes down that road and, and they do manage to get those implemented <laughs> fully, it might be time to look somewhere else, right? Um, yeah. To be fair, I mean, I would love to open a brick and mortar. Uh, right? What game shop or something? Or mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that's how, like sort of what I would love to do. How how is the economy and business like that in a place like Canada? Because I know in in some like Florida, especially the area where I'm at in Florida, that would be a very dangerous business to even open up because it's yeah, it's freaking hard. Because I'll I'll just let you know right now in my the LGS I have, I only have one LGS left here in my town. We used to have one, two, three. We we had three at one point. Two of them closed down. Now we've just got the one, and then that that's just in my immediate town. In the area, we used to have like oh god, like six to seven. And all but, like, not counting the one where I'm at in my town, but all but, like, one or two are open. They're all, one or two are left now. It's right. um, and what's that crazy sounds- is oh, I'm sorry, just one other thing. Uh, what's crazy yeah. is magic is not even like the most popular thing right now. It's D and D. D and D is yep. it's insane how crazy popular D and D is right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I was going to say is like, I, I would say like up here, at least it doesn't seem as volatile as that. Um, that's good. But, but is definitely, uh, like I would say that a lot of the hobby stores or LGSs have moved away from magic only. 
right? Yeah, there, I think you have to nowadays. Yeah. yeah, there were a lot that were magic only. Yep. Um, now you'll find that a lot of the stores that were carrying magic or still carry magic carry much less magic than they used to. And they've moved into the board games, Warhammer, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Just because the profit margin on those things is more sustainable, right? Um, It's not even that... Because the the problem that a lot of people are going to realize with LGS is, is that they think, oh, the owners are just out to make money. Well, and I mean, you gotta have to make money. To... Every business, every business is that way, right? It doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing, but the point is, is that the profit margins on things like board games, Magic cards, Warhammer, all that kind of stuff is actually not that big, right? Like, I mean, it, yeah, it's not. it's like it's like I think Magic the 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 profit margin on that is like you know five to ten percent or something yeah it's it's pretty low especially with the wholesale price of booster boxes getting higher Mm -hmm. and higher yeah it's it's really small and it's not ideal but uh, i think like i think warhammer has one of the better ones i think it's like between 20 and 30 percent or something like that which is which is a good profit margin for sure but you also got to remember like with warhammer you're not gonna sell nearly as much Warhammer as you would like Magic product, yeah. Because you know, once you sell a box of Warhammer, that guy takes it away, and like maybe maybe that person buys, you know, six or seven boxes of Warhammer, but then maybe you don't have someone else buy Warhammer stuff for another, you know, yeah. four weeks or something, right? Um, so, you know, even though the profit margin is better, you're not selling as much of it as mm-hmm. quickly, right? So, um. A lot of LGSs and stuff are now making the move to selling, like I would say, like hobby items or like knickknacks is what I would call it. You know, like yeah. pop pop vinyls and collectibles, like that kind of stuff. The stuff that uh, matches with whatever it is that your interest is, right? But it's still like a hobby, right? Um, at least that's what I'm seeing up here, right? It's like a lot of yeah. the local game stores have moved away from comics, magic cards. Um, and just like other collectible card games and things like that. And they've moved more into the board game and collectible like pop vinyls, T-shirts, like all of the sort of like uh, tertiary market of like nerd culture, I guess, is what you would yeah. call it. Right. Um, and that's how they're staying in business. Right. Which is, you know, not ideal. But at the same time, you got to do what you got to do. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. You got to go with the flow of what's popular. And like I said, mm-hmm. D&D is what's super popular in my area right now. And. The, yeah. we've got a really healthy scene right now they've got games going on every single day now and it's insane it, so ma- that's magic that your, your depends LGS. on yeah at my LGS and uh, M definitely doesn't see as much attendance now um, but the days they do Pioneer and Commander are really popular though right okay Um. so you're thinking about trying to do a LGS store eventually yeah, or, so or I mean, one like, day maybe, like it. Yeah, I mean, like I put a business plan together for it. I think about nice. eight years ago, um, me and one of my buddies from college, um, because we wanted to run it together. And uh, but then he, his financial situation was not ideal at the time. Um, yeah. I was working full time for for RBC, so I had you know funds kicking around, and I didn't own a house yet, um, and all that kind of stuff. So like I was. I was flush with cash, right? Because I was living at home, didn't pay a lot of bills. I had a full-time job that was paying me very well, right? I like those days. 
Right? Yeah, I miss those <laughs> days too. So um, basically, my goodness, I don't know if you can hear that. But just, my stomach is going crazy here. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, okay, good. Um, basically, the LGS, the, like the plan, the business plan was more so, and this is what I was going to ask you about your D&D sessions, is um, the, the concept behind the store would be more along lines of uh, a place to run events. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, you're going to have product sell, but your LGS is more of like come to play. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so think of it like, I don't know if you guys have these things cropping up all around down near you, but we had a whole bunch of them crop up throughout like the Toronto GTA area over the last like I don't know five six years but it's like cafes like board game cafes they tried I, I there were a few places that tried to do that but they didn't succeed very well and that's because of took off here like crazy Flor- Florida well especially directly south of me it's a pretty big pill popping area mm. Pretty degenerate, disgusting area. Okay, so then you have you have a you have a board game uh, beer hall, right? Like that's instead of a cafe, it's yeah, it's, uh, you know, a bar, right? Like and and those those are here too, right? Like, this is what I'm saying is like the cafe. Uh, I think it was like Snakes and Lattes was like one of the first ones that popped up in Toronto, yeah. and it did so well that a bunch of other ones started opening up. And then the people who were like, oh well, I want to do that, but I don't want to be a coffee shop, they opened bars instead, right? So they're like a yeah. pub. Right. Where it's like you go in and you can have pub food. So they have like greasy foods and beer and then you can rent board games from them to play. Right. Yeah, that's totally fun. Right. Like it's, it's a really cool idea um, for me uh, with my LGS. I don't really want to mix greasy foods with board games. Yeah, they generally no. don't go together very well. But yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's, but alcohol that's and board my, games. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> you know, so, sure. So I, the whole concept behind our business plan was to have a large space that would have lots of play space and lots of ability to to go and, you know, set things up. Um, but instead, uh, you know, and then you have like a small wall of like product that you can sell as well. Right. So like board games yeah. and magic cards and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then you could just run tournaments and stuff. Or like, for instance, um, one of the things I wanted to have in the LGS, which is why we sort of never really got it off the ground, because we looked at a bunch of real estate opportunities and didn't find anything that really fit. Um, was I wanted to have separate like conference rooms almost. Mm hmm. That you could set up as like a this is a D session or a warhammer yeah. session room where you can close the door and now you're in a room where you're not disturbed by all the other yeah. noise yeah right and it, the idea is it's I, like oh, no, that'd be you, freaking awesome if you want the room for an hour right or two hours or whatever for your session it's five bucks an hour right and that's it just for the whole room put as many people in the room as you want that but would it's be five bucks really cool right like yeah, this and then, it, and right? then you get you get the people pulling pooling their money together to pay for it because the way yeah. my lgs does it is i mean it's a, it's an open play area but um the players have to play five bucks for a seat or pay five bucks for a seat to play and okay. the dm plays for free and what's cool is my lgs does he does store credit like to two random people that are playing D D. um and the, and the way they usually determine who wins it is they do a dice roll. Like, whoever gets the highest dice roll wins part of the credit, and the, whoever gets the lowest gets the other yes. part of the credit. So Interesting. Okay. So it's it's a nice way. So, you know, there's been some nights where I'll be playing D&D. You know, I only play five bucks, but depending on how many people are there, I'll get 20 bucks in store credit. You know, so. Cool. Not too bad. 
and, and yeah, I'll use that to yeah. buy you know magic stuff or D and D stuff and yeah for sure it keeps me you know going there and this yeah. is exactly it is like you need to find ways to make people come back and and stay and you know tell their friends to come because yeah. like you know you want to have those incentive programs right and a lot of stores these days are going to the whole like um like incentive programs where it's like you know when you buy things you get a return in store credit and yeah. all that kind of stuff right um and that matters to a lot of people like for instance it matters to me like i think what was it uh, a month and a half ago my lgs here in town i went to them and i traded in a bunch of stuff um so that i could basically uh you know have some money set aside in store credit at their store so when icora comes out i can get more right that's basically all i that's the reason i did it and nice. um it's not ideal right it's not no. ideal to, to trade in your magic cards at a store and stuff but you know sometimes you have to do those kind of things and sometimes but, um, you need to get rid of it quickly too yeah exactly but so then what happened is i think i went in lat two weeks ago to pick up something i went in to pick up some like sleeves and stuff uh for one of the decks i was building and i was like oh just use some of my store credit that i have you know like i i don't i think i had like 700 dollars in store credit or whatever and they're like oh do you remember how much you had and i'm like what they're like do you remember how much store credit you had and i'm like i i don't know the exact number but it was something in this range oh and i'm like why and they're like well our hard drive crashed and i was like oh no i was like okay what does that have to do with anything right like because in my in my it brain i'm like yeah so like you had that stuff on the cloud right like i mean that's no of course they didn't <laughs> literally literally google has yeah the i know for you to just have a spreadsheet wherever you want it and it's oh access accessible from wherever you are all right yeah. and i'm like why and they're like, well, yeah, because because their store credit was literally just a spreadsheet in Excel, of course, with people's names and then the amount that they had in credit, right? So I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just have that on 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 you know Google Docs? And they're like, oh, maybe we should do that. I'm like, yes. And so you know, I think I lost some store credit, but they did give me back a fair chunk of what yeah i had i don't know how much like i i don't know if i lost anything i have no idea because like at this point i'm like you know i traded those things into you over a month ago and you didn't give me a receipt saying like here's how much yeah. it was yeah. right so like i i just trusted you guys to keep track of it and your hard drive crashed and you lost it all it's a really bad client experience right? yeah that, that that's yeah hopefully they learned their lesson after that well you know like the story the guys were telling me at the store was like, at least we're not this other store who has wiped their store credit three times by accident. Oh, and I God. went, I went first time accident, second time. Okay. You need to have some sort of, you know, like the second time I'm angry now. Right. Third time I'm never coming back. Yeah, exactly. To your store. I'm just not coming back. Like I don't care. Right. And, and cause like what they said too, is like that store, like, it got wiped by accident and they went we're not re we're not restoring anyone's credit because oh, we don't forget know that I, I would be out. I, i'd be like nope not coming back then <laughs> i was like how can you do that to your clients like that doesn't make any sense and then they did it twice more right and and like by the third time you got to go okay is this actually an accident still or are you wiping yeah. it on purpose right like yeah exactly yes it, it was just bad like it's just bad practice but anyway these guys gave me my credit back 
um, without too much of like there was no fighting at all. It was, they were just like, yeah, I'll just put it back for you. And I was like, OK, fine. Now, whether they put back the right amount or not, I have no idea. But, yeah, I've, you know, what can I what can I do? But um, I think that like if if I was in that situation as an LGS like owner or someone who worked at an LGS, if a if a customer came in that I know is one of my regulars yeah. and they're like, Hey, can I use my store credit? And you go, Oh, well we've, you know, it got wiped. We don't know how much you had. And they t- give me an idea of how much they had. And it sounds like a reasonable number based on the transactions that they've done. I would give them that plus 50 bucks. Do you know what I mean? Like I would, yeah, I would just throw in the extra store credit. Cause it's like, a cause hassle. it's your screw up, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it wasn't my fault as a customer. Yeah, right? exactly. That it's gone. And you guys were supposed to keep track of it. And you guys took product from me. That was worth money. Yeah, maybe you haven't moved it yet, but that was my like. Okay, then give me my cards back. Do you remember what you took from me? Because I don't. <laughs> I don't remember what you took from me, right? Like I brought yeah. in my binder, and you guys picked through it and took what you wanted, right? Like, yeah, exactly. It's no, but um, it's. Are you planning on going to uh, Magic Fest Vegas at all? I want to. Um, and the plan was to try and go this year. Um, the, the budget stuff may not work out for me, unfortunately. Oh. Um, mainly because we, we had a few things in the house, uh, that needed, uh, some immediate attention that oh, required more money than we were expecting. So. Oh, did that happened to me last year. Cause I was planning on going to either Seattle or Vegas last year. And mm-hmm. I had to cut down two trees in my yard and they both cost almost two grand a piece. Um, two- two grand a piece because they're right next to my house holy moly and plus i wanted to go with a company that was insured too because right, in course. case you know they crashes on my house you know hey you're paying mm-hmm. for it now <laughs> and then yeah, and then yeah. i had to pay for and this is the lovely healthcare of america i had to pay i can't remember how much money for my daughter's knee surgery thankfully right. my insurance paid you know a extremely big chunk of it but i still had to That's pay good. like Fifteen hundred bucks or something like that, and I'm just like, fuck. Well, there and, goes. And you're, ta- you're talking to a Canadian here, so I have no, no information of how much a I, medical I, bill actually. Is, I know, right? I know. It's. Yeah. I, I think the whole surgery itself was like almost thirty grand or something like that, and Which, it, and if I didn't have insurance, it'd be like, oh, that's I got to pay all that. Yeah, yeah. It's like I guess I'll remortgage my house, right? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, but like um, I mean, I I still. Even though paying the fifteen hundred sucked, but it was you know, yeah, had to do. But fifteen hundred is is a is you know that sucks, but at the same time, much better than thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Which like, is oof. yay American healthcare. Um, yeah. But um, so yeah, that that's the reason why I couldn't go last year. But this year, barring nothing happens, gonna try yeah, to go to Vegas because my wife and I we went to Vegas last year to celebrate our ten year uh, anniversary wedding anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. And now um, we want to go again this year, but we want to go longer because we only had like three and a half days last year. We're going to go like a whole week. Like we'll probably nice. we'll probably fly there Monday or Tuesday. Uh, she and I will spend a couple day, days together. Then like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, she's just going to let me go off to the to the GP while she goes right. and does her thing with her friends and all that because she has no oh, interest cool. in magic. Unfortunately, well, yeah, I'm in the same boat. My my partner is the same way. She has no interest at all in magic at all. <laughs> yeah, but um, all right. Well, I hate to cut this short here. Um, I unfortunately in about an hour I have to leave to go to work. <laughs> um, so I want to get 
I wanted to get it done in the morning with us because it's either my project work is either going to go one of two ways. It's going to be two hours max and that's it. Or I'll be there until the wee hours of the night. It's going <laughs> to yeah. be one or the other. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know that feeling. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I wish you nothing but luck with your, oh, thank with your, you. uh, your project's release. Thank you. So where can people find you should they want to reach out or find your channel mm-hmm. and all that? Uh, so uh, it's pretty easy. Uh, Mr. Bevers is the handle I use everywhere. So Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, it's all the same. Uh, I think the only one that's different is my uh, my Twitter account is Mr. Underscore Bevers. Yep. Um, everything else is just Mr. Bevers. So like twitch.tv slash Mr. Bevers, youtube.com slash Mr. Bevers, like all one word no spaces no nothing fancy and then twitter just has an underscore between the mister and the bevers nice well i want to thank you for coming on and just you know talking and you know talking about youtube and it and whatever else um you know good luck if you ever do decide to try to open up an lgs and all that and you know thank you again for coming on well thank you very much for having me it was my pleasure all right well have a good one you too Hey, everybody, and I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Mr. Bevers. I do apologize going into a little bit about IT and computer stuff there. It's not very often I get to talk too much shop uh, with someone like that outside of my own work. Um, But I hope you overall enjoyed the interview, and be sure to check out Mr. Bevers' YouTube channel as well. And the links will be in the show notes below. And thank you all for watching and listening, and I hope you all have a great day.